Kenya's chief justice says parliament should be dissolved as it does not have enough women, and other stories. Hashtag women lead. Issue 19. Your weekly roundup on women in politics. Hello and welcome to Issue 19. Anna Lynch, a fellow writer, recently wrote why women are essential in legislatures. Citing several examples from U.S. politics, she pointed out that male legislators do not understand how the female body works but often end up designing laws that can adversely affect women and girls. Monday, September 28, is International Safe Abortion Day, an important day to raise awareness about ensuring access to safe abortion services for women around the world. Abortion, as we know, is a deeply contested political issue in several communities and countries. It is also a heavily legislated issue. And this means our lawmakers can significantly impact the kind of policies that facilitate or hinder women's access to safe abortion services. Earlier this month, I wrote about the implications of the time limits set for abortion by the law in India. India is currently in the process of amending its abortion laws, but it is not alone in this. Several parliaments around the world are currently deliberating on abortion, from Argentina, Colombia, and Ireland, to Malawi, Poland, and Slovakia. Tomorrow let's stop and ask ourselves, what are the implications of predominantly male parliaments deciding abortion and sexual and reproductive health policies? Can we bring women-centric laws without even having enough women steering that legislative process? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Now on to this week's updates, with a fascinating development from Kenya in the deep dive. If you missed last week's issue, I have linked it on screen. Quick updates. 1. Talking of abortion, the choice of the judge who will replace feminist icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the U.S. Supreme Court could mean a world of difference for abortion rights in the country. With the presidential elections just weeks away, Donald Trump has picked Amy Coney Barrett for the post. Barrett's strong anti-abortion views are well known. If confirmed, Barrett could spend decades in the top court. But Trump's decision is also a matter of political morality, and two women senators of his own party are opposing it. Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski want the appointment to be made after the election results are out, as a matter of principle. Murkowski said, I did not support taking up a nomination made by Democrat Barack Obama eight months before the 2016 election to fill the vacancy created by the passing of Justice Scalia. We are now even closer to the 2020 election and I believe the same standard must apply. But thanks to a Republican majority of 53 to 47 in the Senate, Trump is well-placed to easily get away with his decision. 2. Australian politician Susan Ryan, a champion of women's rights, passed away earlier today. In the 1980s, Ryan had become the first woman cabinet minister of the Labour Party. She is known for her trailblazing role as a feminist and human rights campaigner, and played a pivotal role in several progressive policies in Australia. Ryan was the architect of the Sex Discrimination Act 1984, which outlawed discrimination on the basis of sex, marital status, and pregnancy. She later reflected on it as, Probably the most useful thing I've done in my life, reported the Sydney Morning Herald. Ryan entered the Senate in 1975, and was a member for 12 years. She held several cabinet positions, including the Minister of Education and Youth Affairs, and Minister for Women. Remembering her, Julia Gillard, former Prime Minister of Australia tweeted. I am shocked and saddened that we have lost feminist hero and labour giant, Susan Ryan. Every Australian's life has been improved by her leadership on gender equality. She blazed the trail for labour women, including me. I honour a woman of courage and true believer. Watch.
Revisiting the Revolution, Susan Ryan Talks Equality. Linked on screen. 3. We have been bringing you regular updates from Belarus where women have been challenging and leading protests against longtime President Alyoksandr Lukashenko. Three women, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, Veronika Sepkalo, and Maria Kolesnikova had come together to challenge him in the presidential election. But after the results, Tikhanovskaya and Sepkalo had to flee the country, and Kolesnikova was abducted. But ever since, thousands of women have been out on the streets leading the resistance. Among them is Nina Baganskaya, a 73-year-old great-grandmother, whose videos confronting the Belarusian riot police have been going viral. She is regularly met with chants of Nina at demonstrations, with strangers often thanking her for contributing to the movement. The Belarusian police have come down heavily on protesters. Last week, several women, including Baganskaya, were detained. She was released but arrested again for the second time in the same week. Hashtag in solidarity. Deep Dive. Kenya. Trust us, in all likelihood, you would have never heard of something like this before. There has been a call to dissolve the Kenyan parliament for its failure to implement a constitutional provision that provides for gender-diverse representation. No, we are not making this up. The Kenyan constitution mandates that not more than two-thirds of any elected or appointed body can be of the same gender. But even a decade after the provision came into being, women hold only 22 and 31 percent of seats respectively in the lower and upper house of the Kenyan parliament. Something incredible happened last week, Chief Justice David Moraga advised President Uhuru Kenyatta to dissolve the parliament because it was violating the constitution by not ensuring the implementation of this provision. In his advisory to the president, Moraga wrote. For over nine years now, parliament has not enacted the legislation required to implement the two-thirds gender rule which is clear testimony of parliament's lackadaisical attitude and conduct in this matter. Consequently, it is my constitutional duty to advise Your Excellency to dissolve Parliament under Article 261, Section 7 of the Constitution. Further, he said. There is no doubt that the dissolution of Parliament will cause inconvenience and even economic hardship. The fact that Kenya is in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic only exacerbates the potential impact of the decision. Yet that is the clear result Kenyans desired for Parliament's failure to enact legislation they deemed necessary. We must forget that more often than not, there is no gain without pain. According to jurist, Kenyan law dictates that once the parliament is dissolved, elections need to be held within 90 days. A panel of judges will hear a petition against Moraga's advice from October 7. Several women's groups have welcomed and extended support to the chief justice's move. A press release issued by Women of Kenya said. We regret the pushback and voices from Parliament that are misleading Kenyans with the false narrative that the two-thirds gender rule is not part of the mandate of Parliament, that there is no mechanism to implement this provision, and that it is too costly to implement the two-third gender rule. We emphasize that the time has come for Kenya to entrench constitutionalism and the rule of law. Hashtag just wow, we'd say. Reflections and Reads. Links available on screen. First. In Sri Lanka, women comprise 56% of all voters, but only 5% of the legislators. Bansari Kamdar explores the reasons behind the skew in this report for The Diplomat. Second. In an interview with Ziad Masroor Khan, Fazia Kufi, one of the four women negotiating peace with the Taliban, says she hopes all 21 members, not just the four women, on the delegation, will work towards protecting women's rights. Third. 
Ben Judah profiles European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen in The Critic and explores if she would be able to drive the EU towards triumph or failure. Before we leave, could we ask you for a small favor? If you liked this issue, please share it in your networks and on social media. If you didn't, tell us what we could have done better by replying to this email. Thank you. We'll see you next weekend with issue 20.